Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever and wherever you are listening to the program. Welcome to Smoking and Toasting. It's the program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I'm your host, Cruz, my co-host, Ian Barry. Ian, how are you? I'm doing good. You know, at some point in time in my life, I'm going to be in a bar. Yeah? I know, I know that's surprising, but I'm going to be in a bar. <laughs> well, you shocked me right off the bat. I'm like, okay, wait, wait a second. Stop right. the show. we got to start over. At some point Apparently. in my life, I'm going to be in a bar, and I'm going to hear that song, and I'm just going to immediately start talking yes, about cigars. Yes, it'll like, happen. I, I won't even be able to stop myself. It'll happen. It's like a, like a Pavlovian response of it some sort. It kind of happens anyway, if you think about it, you know? <laughs> right. Even if it's a different song. You know? There's that. Yeah, we could, it's like, yeah, there's a guy over at the bar. He's talking about beers and stuff. I don't know what's he going just, on he with just that. Won't shut up. Well, welcome to the program. It's show number 35. We have actually made it through 34 of these so far, and this is number 35. Um, we have to plan something special, I guess, for show number 50. Is that counting the missing episode or not counting? Uh, d- uh, yes, it does count uh, the missing episode. So, gotcha. uh, in, in that right, Bobby, the missing episode had a number, and we went on from there. I think it does have a number. He knows. He just <laughs> he isn't telling. Right. <laughs> I do think that's true, though. I believe the missing episode—that's the one where we were a little too surly. <laughs> yes, we. <laughs> and legal said. No, <laughs> legal, no, legal no. was like, nah, you yeah, can't probably do that. not. Yeah, it's all right. Just let someone rip your name from your throat like a, you know, bad piece of flesh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no bitterness you, here. You can you can handle it. It's all good. I like our new name. Uh, new it, it is better. better. You know, and they did. They helped us out in the long run. The people who threatened to sue us over the name helped us out. Kudos to them. Yes, we'll give them a round of fake tinny applause. Uh, well, welcome to the program. Today's uh, show, we will be talking about seven things that real cigar smokers should never do. This is a good follow-up to our last episode, which was uh, how to smoke a cigar without looking like a jerk. Now, I haven't right? seen this article, but I can't help but think, is one of them uh, biting the end off of see, your cigar? See, I can't tell you, because I don't want I don't, I don't <laughs> to give it all away. Because when I see people do that and they just trash the whole cap of their cigar, I'm like, mm, that can't be good. So coming up later, six things real cigar smokers should never do. <laughs> did i did i give that one away no, I, actually actually i have to look back and see if it's one of them there's some pretty good ones in here but i do have to look back and see if it's one of them uh also on next week's show this is very exciting we actually tried to arrange that uh for this week's show but uh travel arrangements it didn't quite work out so it'll be on next week's show uh mr matthias horseman will be joining us he is the brand ambassador for hendrix gin that sounds fun and here's what's going to be even more fun He's bringing with him, I didn't know such a thing existed, a one-touch gin and tonic making machine. Okay. I'm going to need one of those, and I haven't even seen it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't that, even know what it looks like. I need that in my I bedroom, just, the under whole, the disco ball, next to the Jaeger machine. <laughs> the whole concept of just push gin and tonic. <laughs> I love that. It's very Jetsons-ish. That's right. It's, that's right. And it's, uh, you know, in its technology. <laughs> right. needed to come yes. out of a dumb waiter in a wall, you know. There you go. Beady and Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a gin and tonic machine. Uh, so that's coming up next week. So we're looking forward to that. And we got a lot of, a lot of real cool things uh, coming up on the program today. Um, a cigar that was half-smoked by Winston Churchill is up for auction. I'll tell you how you can get your hands on it if you really... 
uh, really want it. Think think about that. The relight on that's probably going <laughs> to yeah, be a little harsh. The penalty would be. Can you imagine? <laughs> the like, relight penalty. A buddy comes over. He's going through your humidor. He goes, ah, I don't see anything I really want. I'll just finish this one off for him. <laughs> right. <You're> like, no. <laughs> I wonder how much something like that goes for. Uh, I think it's up. I think they're expecting it to fetch. About twenty five hundred pounds, about five grand nice. uh, U.S. Or, nice. or so, as I do bad instant currency uh, uh, switching. Nice. In I didn't brain. know that there was a market for half smoked cigars. Well, um, I'm sure there isn't, but this one is by Sir Winston Churchill. So that's, that's pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, actually. that's kind of cool. Um, information. Uh, I have some updates for you on the legality of uh, of cigars in the FDA. There's some uh, things that have been shifting around. Uh, some things that are you know a pretty good pretty good deal, I guess. And uh, we. We started with this, and we never got a chance to finish it. Vinecraft, which is a website, has named 25, 25 craft beers you must try. We only got to five of them. And then last week, we didn't have a chance to get to any because we had a really full show. So I'm hoping we'll get back to a few of those today. So that's going to be good. Plus, we're going to be doing some great, some great tasting here. And I'm, I, I love when we can put together a theme. So on last week's show, one of the things we tasted, and Ian really loved it, by the way, was the uh, Vin Diesel, D-E-I-C-E-L, the Vin Diesel um, aged barley wine. Yes. And uh, so I thought in keeping with the theme of bad action heroes who have beer named after them, today we'll be, we will be tasting, and I'm not kidding, from Blue Owl Brewing Company, their Van Dam Sour Red Ale. <laughs> nice. But it's Dam. <laughs> yeah, it's Dam. D-A-Y-U-M. <laughs> Dam. Van Dam. Uh, we also have a Decadent Imperial IPA from Ska Brewing, which I'm going to be honest with you, I bought for us to taste simply because it had a Day of the Dead guy on the can. That's always a way to get me to try it at least once. That is a marketing mm-hmm. ploy that works mm-hmm. very works. specifically for you. And so I was uh, in Specs earlier this week, and the Goose Island people were there. Oh, nice. Uh, doing a tasting, and I complained about the fact that my favorite Goose Island uh, is no longer available, and they all told me, oh, no, no, try the Green Line. I'm like, it's not the same. Yeah, it's yeah, not, it's the, not same. the same. Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, they did have with them, and I didn't taste it yet, but I got one to bring in and taste today on the show. Goose Island's 2016 Bourbon County brand barley wine. Mm. And these are uh, a very, very small batch uh, barley wine. Mm. So really excited about that. Uh, plus, I brought along uh, tequila for us. This is the uh, Fina Estampa Añejo tequila. I've never had this, haven't even cracked the seal on the bottle. So this will be a brand new uh, tequila experience for us all. So it should be a good show. Fina Estampa, does that loosely translate to fine stamp? Or uh, uh, stomping the fine? I don't know. <laughs> I think it has something to do with stomping. I think it's so fine that you begin like a stomping dance, like a sort of a clogging kind of thing, only nice. with more you know, Mexican hat. But it only takes one drinks, tequila so instead of seven. One instead of seven, that's right. So uh, so looking forward to all of that. Uh, quite a week for me. I'm sure it probably was for you. We've uh, A lot of weeks we see each other during the week. It was not a thing this week, so... Tell me, how was your week, and did you smoke anything interesting? So far, my week's been uh, pretty good. Since yeah? the last time I saw you, I've been busy. Yes, busy uh, week. I got some family coming into town this weekend, so I'm excited about that. I hadn't seen them in quite a few years. <clears throat> but uh, I did actually smoke an interesting cigar. I went um, I went to a little cigar shop called the Cigar Emporium over on, off of Shepherd here in Houston. Mm-hmm. I've been there before. And, uh, yeah, it's a nice little shop. Uh, like, and the people there are so nice. Yeah, I was just saying, like, like the proprietor. So Super nice, nice, so nice. Yeah. And um, and I picked up a cigar solely because it looked awesome. I love doing that. That's just fun to do. Right. This was, <laughs> and the name. The name yeah. of this cigar is One Shot, One Kill. 
One Shot, One yes. Kill. O-S-O-K. Who makes this? Um, you know, hold on a second. I have that information <laughs> here. I don't have everything in one spot. Well, I, didn't, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just, <laughs> it's such a great name. You're like, who's yeah, responsible for that I awesome I don't know name. who the parent... Uh, Parent cigar builder on that is isn't it interesting while you're while you're uh, looking for that how cigar names are changing used oh. to be everything was like a Spanish word it's an Edgar Hoyle I don't know if I H O I L you no uh, there's a little history on him but I'm not as uh, uh, familiar with that so I'm just going to talk about the cigar okay so apparently he's an actor and artist of some sort and he collaborates with cigar makers and cool. that's about all I know but this cigar was a pyramid with a shaggy foot. Mm. And if you haven't seen a pyramid, it's basically a conical-shaped cigar, mm-hmm. or like a tall, skinny pyramid if you put it down on its foot. And the shaggy foot means that the wrapper doesn't go all the way out to the foot. You just see the- There's some extra tobacco coming out the <clears> end. Right, right. Yeah. So so it, it always- I, I like shaggy foot cigars. Like I like the uh, um, the Kristoffs uh, mm-hmm. have those Christophs a lot. Christoffs are great, great yes, yeah. yes. Anyway, so I thought I'd try it. It's not a very long cigar. It's about a five-and-a-half or six-inch cigar. Um it was fun. So I started it off. The uh, pre-light nose is really nice. It's a little bit, you can almost uh, smell the spice in it a little mm-hmm. bit right off the bat. It's a very full-flavored cigar. The pre-light draw was effortless. I used a punch on it, as I generally do if, mm-hmm. if, uh, if it's not, you know, guy. tapered in. Um, and so the initial night, uh, the, uh, the initial light on it was bold and spicy. Like right, lots of, of spice, right from the beginning. Huh? A lot of bold mm. right up front. Um, and then as I got into the first third of my cigar, it's a very full flavor, a uh, lot of pepper, a lot of spice. Uh, the burn is like perfect on this thing, uh, which is odd because it started unwrapping. It started, the, really? the wrapper started flaking a little I hate bit. when that happens. I did too, but it burned perfectly. Like, which is a weird combination. So of it didn't come like the wrapper didn't come all the way unraveled. It just well, it started actually to flake. started to separate even where it was even where the cigar was burning. But that part mm-hmm. burned evenly with it too. Wow, it was very bizarre. Um, so then I did my whiskey sniff, mm-hmm. and this is the weirdest one. Okay, I have the Jack Daniels uh, single barrel select. That's what won the whiskey sniff on. Really interesting, and that's not even one of my favorite whiskeys, but it's not bad. It won the, sniff but it went up. really well with this. Yes. So I think it, I think it needed that. That sour mash kind of thing because um, because the cigar is just so bold. You know, mm-hmm. some of my other whiskeys I, I could barely even smell after I got into this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the wrapper started flaking. The second third of this was slightly smoother, still burned perfectly even, still flaking. Um, the third third of this, the spice started loading up a whole bunch, and then um, and it finally just kind of unwrapped itself and fell apart. Wah, wah, wah. Not a bad cigar, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a price versus quality of four. Interesting. About an $8 cigar. I expect an $8 cigar to stay together. To stay together, absolutely. Construction is one of the things that drives me crazy. It doesn't matter how great the flavor is of what you're smoking. If it's a pain in the butt to smoke, it's just just falling apart. It takes it away. Well, I'll tell you what. I uh, am also going to give a review of a cigar that is not as as positive as uh, my last several have been. Uh, so I will get to that coming up in our next segment. You've got a bunch of great cigars, trip. so it's about I, time been, you get I, one that you're I was going to say, I've been on a roll here, and I've really 
uh, almost felt like, well, the people must think I just like everything, you know. <laughs> uh, but but no, I had I had a disappointment this week, so I'll tell you about that coming up. Plus, we'll do our first tasting. I think we start with the Van Dam. What do you think? I'm I'm all over that. A sour red ale sounds, sounds good, good right me, about yeah. now. So we'll taste that coming up in the next segment. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting, the show with a better name than we used to have. Smoking and Toasting, episode number 35. Uh, the title of our episode and the feature uh, that we'll be getting to a little bit uh, later on in the program is Seven Things Real Cigar Smokers Should Never Do. Or six, depending on whether Ian gave away one of the, uh, one don't, of the seven don't earlier. Don't inhale. <laughs> That's right. All right, the five things cigar smokers should <laughs> never do. <laughs> Uh, coming up a little bit later on the show. So you had this uh, cigar that you smoked, the One Shot, One Kill, mm-hmm. and you said the flavor was great, but it was the construction made you give it yeah, the, price to quality of four, right? Yeah, not it gave me a four, quite, definitely. Not quite, which would be, if five is the you know is good, then a four would be not worth quite what you paid for it. Right, and actually you know? I was a little generous on the four for the simple fact that it actually stayed together even though, well, even it actually it, burned even, it burned even though even, it was unwrapping. Because yeah. usually Which when I've really had weird. them unwrapped like that, yeah, they just go all to hell. Yeah. I mean, the cigar just falls apart. Yeah, and, and then the burn gets uneven and all yeah. kinds of weird. I never tended it. It actually just burned. It was very strange. Well, I let me tell you about what I smoked this week, and it's a cigar I've had before, and I would have told you that it was one of the better cigars if you were to put the list of, you know, maybe what are the 25 best cigars I've ever had? This might have made that list. Um, and it's the Ashton VSG Sorcerer. I haven't had the Sorcerer, but I like the VSG. Well, the yeah. Sorcerer, it's, it's basically a Churchill. Uh, right. is, and they, for whatever reason, the Sorcerer. VSG, is the by the way, is Virgin Sun Grown. Virgin Sun Grown. And what that means, I guess, if I understand this correctly, and Ian, you correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but uh, Virgin Sun Grown means that they take the... the Tobacco they use for the wrapper, they take the very top leaves from the tobacco plant, which receive more sun than the ones underneath because there's some, obviously some shading going on. And there's something about those leaves and their, you know, more prolonged exposure to the sun that makes the tobacco flavors richer and deeper. And so that's what virgin sun grown is, is using those higher Leaves. Is that what you understand? I actually am nodding knowingly, although <laughs> I just learned something. You can something. see it on the video if you're watching the video, Ian, nodding like, I knew that. I knew yeah, that. yeah, but I don't. Yeah, no, that's, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I did a little reading on it to, to understand it when I first saw the term because I was like, what does that mean? Uh, but uh, yeah, VSG cigars from Ashton have always, I think, yeah. been very good. Uh, they use this Ecuadorian sun-grown wrapper from the upper leaves that I was talking about. And then they use Dominican uh, binder and fillers. They wind up with a very full-bodied cigar, much of which is from that wrapper. Right. The wrapper's what really gives it the, the heft, uh, so to speak. This cigar was rated 94 by Cigar Aficionado and named one of the top 25 cigars of 2013. I think that was probably about the last time I had one. Right. It was 2013, 2014. It's been several years ago. And um, I would say that rating was probably deserved based on the experience that I had at that point. And if you if you haven't read any of the cigar ratings in Cigar Aficionado, if they give anything a 90, I put it on my gotta try list because yeah. they're, they're, they don't hand out above 90 all that freely. 
There's some magazines you read where it seems like they kind of like everything, kind of like my previous cigar reviews. <laughs> They're <laughs> but, all good. Cigar good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cigar cigar good. Like cigar. Uh, but no, they can be, you know, uh, now they don't, I've never seen them just trash anything, but they will, you know, give uh, lots of 80s and upper 70s in terms of, of that number. If something gets a 92, 93, it's kind of like a big wow. So, uh, so this one got a 94 and was named one of the top 25 cigars of the year 2013. Um, on the pre-light, um, it's it's really nice. It's got a, a sort of a you know full tobacco flavor to it uh, on on the pre-light. I like it, and when I smoked it, it had a decent tobacco flavor, but. It wasn't nearly as complex as I was expecting or remembering. I kept waiting for it to bloom. You know what I mean when I say that? Right, like, right. You can't, okay, this is fine. This is this is okay. But I'm waiting for those flavors to start coming in, waiting for it to bloom. And it is, uh, unfortunately, it didn't. Um, the drawn construction were also not as good as I remembered. I had to relight it several times. It uh, burned very unevenly, needed tending from my lighter and i wasn't smoking it in a breezy place so it was um overall you know disappointing i actually went and bought a second one to see if it was better to see if you know because sometimes you think well maybe sometimes just you got a, a stick that just one. wasn't really good yeah uh it was but only slightly it was not the full flavored you know complex experience that i remember now i'm hoping that we'll get like emails and comments from people going, you're out of your mind, this cigar is still great, I had one last week and it's awesome, because I don't want to see this fall out of my uh, awesome <laughs> cigars uh, that I love list. Well, also, though, uh, that was the Sorcerer, you said that was a Churchill size, Yes, right? Churchill okay. size, yep. So, uh, remember, um, quite a few episodes ago, we were at the B&B Butchers, and mm-hmm. I had the Ashton VSG. That's right, I do remember and that. And it was delicious and it was awesome, but that was Corona. Uh, so I, I wonder how much the size influences that. I don't know. You, I, know? you would. Think, I kind of remember being a box press almost. Well, I know they have to blend, and this was not box press, by the way, right. the sorcerer. Um, I know they kind of have to blend each size differently, right. to get the to, flavors that they're looking to keep for. it consistent. Right. Right. And that's why sometimes you get a robusto in something and it's terrific, and you get something else and it's not as good. Uh, but you're right. It could have something to do with the uh, with the size and the shape. I will say price to quality. This number will sound familiar. I gave it a four. It's an eleven. <laughs> it's an eleven to twelve dollar cigar, and it just should be better. Had this been a four to five dollar cigar, I'd have probably said, yeah, it's a five or a five and a half. You know, but but at that price, I'm looking for that experience of cigar complexity. So, right. um, and I love. Ashton's in general, mm-hmm. and the Ashton VSG I've always enjoyed. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed, and I think I'm going to take you up on your recommendation. I'm going to try a different, uh, try a different size, try a different, different size. Different yeah. Role, yeah, and it could have been, you know, could could have come in, you know, just could have been a batch that just, you know, the tobacco wasn't quite as good. Also, it, it happens. Also you know? possible. The only ones, the only ones of the VSGs that I know that I've had are the, actually the uh, I had the Corona and I had um, a smaller one that looked almost like a mini Corona. Um, yeah. Uh, before and they were both outstanding yeah. cigars so i wonder if maybe the size has something to do with it um or maybe you just got you know a bunk stick yeah, maybe i did so, so uh i'll i'll let you know i'll try i'll try another size and shape and and let you know uh austin texas is home to the blue owl brewing company uh there are so many texas breweries popping up all over the place and i wasn't um 
I wasn't familiar with uh, the Blue Owl Brewing Company prior to picking this one up, but uh, it says on the can here of the Van Dam Sour Red Ale, Poised Multitude Jaunty. So those are some interesting uh, adjectives. That sounds fun. Poised, multitude, and jaunty. I don't know exactly what that means uh, when it comes to... It's not what I think of when I think of Van Damme. I think Damn. of neither poised nor jaunty. you got to get your Texas out for that. Van Damme. <laughs> Van Damme. All right, so, Texas, by the way? Uh, yes, it is. That's from Austin. So oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh there we go. There we go. <laughs> Had technical it, difficulties. It finished off there, but it took it a moment, so... Uh, so this is a red ale and a sour red, and I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. But after doing the Vin Diesel last week, I thought, might as well keep it all in the family here and do the Vin Dam. So uh, I'll pass some of that on to uh, Bobby. Thank no, you, I'll as keep... we all do a little tasting here. You um, can smell the sour in this. Yeah, you kind of can, can't you? I, <laughs> I can smell it even though I'm just now picking this up. Yes, it's yep. it's got more of a sour um, aroma to it than some of the sours that we've had. And I do generally like red ales. Mm. You know, this is um, this is interesting because all the flavor on this is up front. There's almost no very much so no body on the uh, on the middle or the tail end of this. <clears throat> it um, says that it's sour mashed, which I assume sure. is the normal way. I don't know that much about sour ales, but I it's not unpleasant. Assume that's the I just normal expect, way. I expected a little more body from it actually, mm-hmm. but uh, based on the way it looks and the way it smells, I mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. It's mm. got a a sour um, grapefruity kind of thing, but not in a hoppy kind of way either. It's actually more refreshing than I was expecting. Yeah. I was expecting it to be kind of bigger, bolder, and it's maybe a little lighter and more uh, juicy mm-hmm. than I was expecting. I agree. the The sour is more of a grapefruit sour. Mm-hmm. It's it's good, but uh, again, different than I was expecting. Yeah, very very citrusy sour in that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't always the kind of sour that you get. But this is a very citrusy sour. So um, yes, it definitely is. I'm just it's interesting. Just I like it. it. Yeah, I, I, do I would too. drink it. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I would seek it out, but I definitely would drink it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, it's it's uh, it's good. I'll ha- I'll have more of this can. I can tell you that. Right, right. We, we can definitely <laughs> finish the can. Um, interesting. We've been talking a little bit about sour beers and about uh, sour beers that have uh, fruit flavor in them. And back uh, about four or five shows ago, when we had Joey from Specs on, mm. we were talking about St. Arnold Boiler Room and how that had gone away. It's so delicious. Which was a wonderful sour beer. Um, but he told us it was being resurrected with raspberry. And uh, I will say this because I want to finish the story on it. You actually brought some of this over to my house, and we enjoyed it very much. Total impulse buy. I was yep. at uh, D&Q Mart, and they mm-hmm. had it there, and I said, you know what? I remember Joey talking about that. Uh, and so the first time I had it was over at your house as well. And we both really liked it, and I said, okay, we gotta, I got to get some more of this. We want to bring this on the show it, and taste it and talk about it. It totally looks like a frou-frou beer, too. Like it, When you pour it in a glass, it's got a reddish kind of... It doesn't look like the kind of beer I would be as inclined to it like. It almost doesn't I look did. like beer. Yeah. You know? Yes, you're absolutely But it really right. was delicious. So here's what I wanted to tell you about it. I've tried for the last two weeks to find more of it to bring it on the show, and it's out of stock everywhere, apparently. I was, talking with, shelves, huh? I was talking with uh, one of the beer people at Specs uh, last night, and they told me it's 
they can't keep it in stock. It's flying it's off the shelf. Delicious. Yeah. So there's another batch coming. It'll be here later in the month. But nice. Uh, but the, I thought that's really interesting because <laughs> and it's in a can. And it's in a can. Yeah. So which yeah. which the the um, the Berliner Weiss originally only came in the. In the bomber. In the big bomber, yes. Uh, it's nice. I, I like it in a can. I love that beer. But yes, you're right. It's good in a can. You can keep it nice and cold and easy to access and carry along with you on your way to the beach, which is yes. what I'm sure they are hoping for. So, All right. Coming up, uh, we will try the Ska Brewing Decadent Imperial IPA plus Casa de Monte Cristo is about to open in Austin. We'll tell you about that as well. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Uh, the, not to be confused with sip, smoke, and savor, which now apparently is some hacks operation out of uh, San Diego. So uh, that's that's not us. We're smoking and toasting, and it's nice to have you guys uh, on board for the show. We are uh, doing <laughs> seven things. Although I think now we're down to three, as Ian gives them all away. Uh, seven things real cigar smokers should never do. So we'll tell you about that uh, coming up. I wanted to tell you uh, those of you. I know we have a number of listeners. Uh, you know, started with you know our friends networking about the show uh, from the greater Houston area and across Texas uh, because that's where we're based out of. And you know, Serious Cigars, which is one of the places both Ian and I shop occasionally for cigars, is has been bought by um, Casa de Monte Cristo, and they're being converted into Casa de Monte Cristos. All the Serious Cigars, uh, which there's one in uh, the Galleria area, there's one. Uh, in Webster, there's one in Champions, and I think there's one more too. So, um, so those are all being converted to uh, uh, to serious cigars. Another couple interesting things are happening, or I'm sorry, being converted from serious cigars into Casa de Monte Cristo. Uh, Casa de Monte Cristo is also opening a new Austin location, and it's only a couple months away. Uh, it's going to be on Capital of Texas Highway in the suburb of Westlake, and it's opening in early May. It's a 3,800-square-foot location with an 800-square-foot humidor. Uh, this particular store not slated to have a bar. Austin's one of three locations uh, that will be open in the coming months. Uh, they're planning on opening a Nashville location the same week. A Tampa store, uh, a franchise operated by Tampa Humidor, is planning to open in June. And there's a Las Vegas and Miami store coming soon as well. In addition to that, in Burlington, North Carolina, in Detroit, Michigan, in Paramus, New Jersey, Selma, North Carolina, Whippany, New Jersey, Washington, D.C., and New York City, the JR Cigar locations are all becoming Casa de Monte Cristo. Wow. So, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So, now I go to JR Cigar almost every time I go to New York because it's just, it's such a huge store, especially in New York. Like, nothing's that big. You know I've never I mean? been there. We're going to have to do a road trip. Yes, it, it's definitely worth going to. What I like the most about it is going down. To the basement area of that store, it's where they have all the JR alternatives, which are their knockoffs. Right, so yeah. it's like this basement full of these. You just kind of walk around and go, "Oh, they have an alternative to that. Oh, they have an alternative to that." <laughs> I know it's all marketing, but I can't help myself. I just, I just love looking through there, going, "They have an alternative to the Cohiba BK. Oh my god, must try. Yeah, must try. Must so, try. 
So anyway, I do like uh, some of the JR alternatives, but you have to understand, you know, what they are and what your expectation is. I mean, it's a bargain cigar. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely, as long as you go about it with that in mind, it's uh, it's it's pretty good. I've had some pretty good alternative cigars. I've also had some where the name of the cigar is actually just something to think about while you smoke a not so great cigar. Oh yeah, but <laughs> something to wish you had. Yeah, <laughs> but but I've had actually quite a few that are pretty good. I had you know I had a really good cigar. I think. Um, I want to say I bought it at Stogie's in Houston. I believe the name of the cigar is uh, the cigar company is Brick House. Mm-hmm. Have you had a Brick House yeah, cigar? Yeah, yeah, I like those. So once online, I was shopping and I bought a bundle. What I in my mind was thinking was a bundle of Brick House, but it was like it wasn't. It was like Brick Wall or something like that. <laughs> they were not very they good. Not so <laughs> I was like, man, this is a great price for these Brick Houses. Uh, no, not Oops. so much. Yeah, it happens. That's that's why you should never shop really late at night after you've been drinking <laughs> online. I'm just saying it happens. You're not quite as uh, you're not quite as up to speed as you uh, would normally be. Uh, I'm going to grab our next beer. Let's do this. Um, let's do this uh, decadent imperial IPA from Ska Brewing. Decadent Imperial IPA from Ska Brewing. Yeah. That sounds actually pretty fun. Uh, I've had uh, quite a few. They had like the Modus Hopperandi and a few is, others. Is that Ska Brewing also? Is that? Maybe I, maybe uh, I got the wrong one. Uh, I don't remember. Somebody out there correct me. I just but, know uh, that I loved the packaging on this. It says handcrafted Durango India Pale Ale. It's 10% uh, ABV, which is ooh. about right, I guess, for an Imperial. Uh, but what it says, I have to read you along the, the lip of the top of the can. It says, celebrate, recycle, indulgent, verbose, recycle, cribbage, swank, magic, recycle, bravo. Those are the words kind of <laughs> etched around the top of that. Uh, but they've got some pretty cool Day of the Dead artwork, and it's a black can. You don't often see black cans for uh, for craft beer. So I thought, yeah, this would be interesting. Let's try it. And uh, so we don't we don't taste a lot of Imperials because I will be honest, as the guy on the show who's sort of the IPA guy, most Imperials are hoppier than I want them to be. And Sometimes I don't enjoy yeah. them, yeah. But we'll see about the decadent. Ooh, it smells good. IPA from uh, Scott Brewing Company. Yeah, I I just you know again I was a vic- I fell victim to the packaging. I thought I could try this. So uh, so here we go. And you know, that's one of the things I was thinking as I was in uh, Spectrum was shopping around. There's so many craft beers now that yeah. I was thinking that's part of the public service that we provide because you can't buy six packs of all of these, you know? So we go through and we taste these things. and We at try. Least, at least try to give you some indication of what it's like. <laughs> and then you can, you know, you may not agree with, you know, what I like or what Ian likes, but uh, at least we can tell you something about them. No to all them uh, there. beer marketing uh, mm-hmm. people. If you put Day of the Dead on their uh, cruise, we'll I buy. will buy it. Yes, we'll at least it. once. I may not buy it twice, but I'll buy it once. <laughs> You're guaranteed one sale. <laughs> says, my wife was with me in specs, and I said, "Well, I have to buy this one." She's like, "Of course you do." Uh, so, uh, so you've already tried a sip here. This is uh, the decadent Imperial IPA, and Imperial is usually big, very, very big. Yes. Big. This is good. You really? Now yeah, this is this n- is really good. Now you're it's, not not as big an IPA guy I, as I I'm am. I'm not but, as big an IPA mm. guy, but this is well balanced, and that's the whole thing. This is not a slap across the teeth well, with right. hops. You're it's right. That's balanced. good. There's some there's some malt in there. There's a great finish on it. You can tell it's a big IPA. Oh, it's definitely no an question. IPA, no doubt. But and this is the type of thing you would almost expect to come in a bomber. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is in uh, this is in cans, a black can. Uh, also says their their logo, which shows 
like some sort of a, a guy with a I think he has a gas mask on and he's playing a guitar and it says lip up fatty. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. This is good. I'll buy this. Ska Brewing Company. uh, uh, It's skabrewing.com if you want to check them out online and see what that sounds like. And I think Ian held that up to the camera if you're watching the the video of the show. I'll do it again though. And we'll try to get this posted on the Facebook page uh, so that you'll see the uh, cans and and bottles of the different things that we're tasting here on the program. So uh, I got to tell you, I like it. I like it more than I expected to. I'm already pouring some more. Yeah, I'd expected it to be something where I would appreciate the taste, but not necessarily think I'm going to buy more of that. And Mm -hmm. I will put this on my It's got a much uh, more refined flavor than you would Mm -hmm. think. It's actually, it's got a lot of body to it that sometimes they just, leave out on ipas it's all right up front hop slap in the face yeah kind of kind of aftertaste but this has a lot of body in it that makes it really balanced all the way across the palate uh scott brewing company is from durango colorado so it's a colorado thing um them mm. hippies are doing it right Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm gonna get hate mail from them for that (laughs) (laughs) um i gotta tell you and this is really good i'm liking it better as i you know taste a little more of it uh, it's growing on me too. I like the I like the uh, the skeleton is dancing with instead of a rose in his mouth. He's got the hop. Yeah, the hop. Uh, uh, the hop uh, vine. <laughs> or the hop branch. Yeah, that's good. It's very creative. Nice artwork. <laughs> Again, Day of the Dead. It got me. So so you know we um, were talking uh, we were talking earlier and uh, just a couple ideas. I just want to toss these out there so that yes, we follow yes. up on it on mm-hmm. uh, later shows. But I thought maybe we could do like a machine made cigar shootout at some point. Oh, that'd be fun. Just to yeah, try tasting a lot of different okay. machine made cigars. I have been stuck you know in a different place without a cigar and i've never really just went ahead and said okay let me get a package of those dutch masters or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. never done it but what would be cool is if we just got a few of those and said okay what's a good acceptable cigar if you just don't have one you don't have a cigar shop handy you know like what do you do because every you know like a lot of drug stores and a lot of uh corner stores have them right there you know i was in canada once and uh got, hey? got talked into buying a uh, small bundle of machine-made Fonseca Cuban cigars. Interesting. Machine-made Cubans. And so I, you know, uh, won't say that I smuggled them back to the U.S., but let's just say that when I was able to try them, they were actually quite good. Like, I was not, they were way better than I was expecting. It could be just the quality of the tobacco that was used in them, even though they were machine made but and there was these were small cigars not cigarellos exactly but definitely like small robusto type cigars um i thought they were great so, so i might be i might be a little wrong on this but george burns like when we think george burns we think you think cigar cigar man. he's yeah. always he always, always had like a, prop. a it was dutch masters i think actually i thought it was uh, uh the swishers i thought it was You're always right. a swisher sweet i saw an, um an interview with him years ago and that's the swisher sweets were his cigars the entire time and he so. was just not a you know premium cigar guy he, no, just, he, he just, liked that. that that was a good cigar and he liked it so i'm interested <laughs> I'm, i haven't smoked a swisher sweet in many many years yeah so. <laughs> it's been a while so so that would be fun uh, that would be a lot of fun actually to do that and just maybe rate them and rank them right and then we could also do uh maybe even on the same show a budget beer shootout Ooh, like the cheapest beers we can find and machine maids in 40s <laughs> we can do machine maids in 40s too yeah. <laughs> that might be fun that might be fun uh well and i'll bring this up too since we're talking about future ideas for the show uh i wanted to do a light beer 
blind taste test. Oh, that sounds like a great Where we idea. get light beers of all kinds, macro brews, everything, right? And then we'll have Bobby pour them for us. He'll keep track of what's what, but not tell us what they are. That's, that sounds awesome. And we'll, you know, uh, taste them, rank them, and then, you know, come to find out that our number one was Natty Light. Oh, my God. <laughs> or, or, or whatever I, am, it is. I have to tell you, I, I approach that with a little trepidation, because what if I find out I like the silver bullet? Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to me? It could happen. So I think this will be fun and, and a real good, um, you know, informational show, too, because sometimes you're like, I really should, like, try getting a light beer this, this round. And then you're like, well, what can I get that I will actually enjoy since the last beer I had was the Decadent Imperial IPA from Scott Brewing? Right. You know? <laughs> so uh, I think that might be helpful for us to approach that. So, okay. So uh, we'll plan those for future shows coming up next. We will taste the Fina Estampa, which means I stamp my feet very well. Uh, the Añejo Tequila coming up. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we are on show number 35. The title of our show uh, today is Seven Things That Real Cigar Smokers Never Do. This comes from a list that I uh, was able to find from Michael Herklotz. Michael is the president for retail and brand development for the Nat Sherman Cigar Brand, and he was asked what true connoisseurs avoid when they're smoking cigars. So it made a nice little list for us. Uh, several of them Ian has already given away, but that's okay. We'll if, just go if back you say If you say true cigar smokers should avoid liquor, I'm leaving. Oh, no. But I will <laughs> tell you, one of them's about liquor, and I'll just start with that one. It's, uh, it's I think, number four. But mistake number four is dipping your cigar in alcohol. Oh, that's a bad idea. To try to coat it. Yeah, the flavor of the liquor can actually ruin the taste of the cigar. And then you got a make soggy it cigar. Yeah, from what the manufactured one. Uh, I can assure you, he says, if the cigar manufacturer wanted cognac at the end of the cigar, they would have put it there. That's right. And in some cases, they do. So, uh, so yeah, if it's infused, it, it's not. But some people actually think that, you know, dipping, you know, they'll dip the, I've seen people do this. They'll take the the end of the, uh, the head of the cigar, the end they're smoking from. Not the fire, end. right, 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 uh, and they'll dip that in like a cognac or something. So okay, that it so adds a flavor to that. Bad things to your cigar, also bad things to your cognac. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you, you don't want that for your cognac either. You're right. You're right. Um, so that was mistake number four. But let's jump back to uh, uh, to number one. Number one is uh, expecting two cigars to smoke the same. He says that uh, premium cigars are a handmade product. They're created from an agricultural crop. And since so much variation can occur, types of tobacco, blends, how the cigars were made, it's next to impossible to predict how a cigar is going to smoke with 100% certainty. And real aficionados know this and embrace the small variations. Uh, And you should, too. And then he said... Uh, mistake number two is thinking that cigar flavors change from year to year like wine vintages do. Uh, this is not necessarily the case. He says cigars are a non-vintage industry, which means manufacturers do their best to try to ensure that the cigars from one year's batch are blended to taste the same in the next year's uh, Now, batch. that's different from aging a cigar in your humidor correct. as well, which will that's actually correct. mellow it out yep. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also uh, tinker with their brands, add different tobaccos, always mm-hmm. trying to make sure they can keep the blend the same over time. He says the taste of the cigar model will change, but very slowly. He said the difference is negligible in the short term. Number three is holding the cigar in your mouth. 
as in without holding it in your hands. We're talking to you, Arnold. Yeah, yeah. We're that's, talking to you, and Arnold. that's the photo from the. Uh, <laughs> that's the photo from the uh, uh, from the show notes on the show. If you downloaded the that's show, right. that's the photo. So. Also, see any picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's exactly right. Now, this is not Arnold in the photo that we just showed you, but a cigar is not something to clench between your teeth and cheek and suck on. He says it should be uh, held in your hand, brought up to your mouth to puff. And then brought back down to hang out between your fingers. That also, by the way, helps the cigar burn cooler so you don't waste any uh, precious tobacco. Uh, number four, we covered dipping the cigar in alcohol. Uh, number five is limiting your cigar smoking to only one brand or type. It's not about finding a favorite and never smoking anything else. If you do, you're missing out on taste and flavor opportunities, some of which you will like Better than what you're smoking, some of which you won't like nearly That's as well. That's like only trying one kind of pizza ever. Right. You can have a favorite, and that can be what you order most of the time. But you've got to occasionally yeah, go yeah. for the pineapple and jalapeno or whatever it is. It's pizza, not cigar. Oh, yeah, the pineapple jalapeno <laughs> cigar is a little awkward, and it doesn't stay lit very well. You can have your preferred brand, he says, but don't let some mistaken sense of duty or loyalty to a particular brand keep you from sampling several varieties of cigars he says he's got a repertoire of about 10 or 12 go-to's that are all different types and brands to great gold yeah that's and i get that question all the time what's your favorite cigar yes i I get asked that too (laughs) that that varies do you have 10 or 12 go-to's is that described i could easily come up with about 10 go-to's that i'd say i would say yeah yeah i I would say for me i have maybe five or six go-to's at any given time and they change depending on What's in the humidor? Uh, right. You know what I've been enjoying. Sometimes I'll go through phases where I smoke a particular mm-hmm. uh, one of a thing a lot. Speaking of which, by the way, you and I are splitting a box of Tatuaje tattoos. Yes, I'm excited about that. And it's that. supposed to be here later today. So oh. I'm sorry I wasn't able to bring it into the show, but you might need to plan to swing by my place, and <laughs> pick up your tattoos. All right, uh, that's that. That's another good as as we pause from the list. That's another good thing to do is. Find a cigar smoking buddy who will split boxes. Yes, with you. absolutely. Then you can get you know box prices instead of always paying single mm-hmm. prices. But you can uh, you know afford to try a few other things. To get well, yeah. The nice thing them. is you can get more of them. Like right. Like if you have enough money for a box, why not get a buddy to split it with you and you get two boxes of two different things. Right. You get to try two different things. That's absolutely right. Uh, mistake number six: Don't just smoke what everyone else is smoking. Don't just smoke the same fat cigar that the CEO you're meeting with is smoking. You're far better off asking the experts around you what you might enjoy instead of, you know, just hacking up a lung and wasting a cigar. That's what it says here. (laughs) Uh, uh, This is especially good advice for beginners that aren't as comfortable smoking Mm. maybe, you know, more serious sort of uh, big cigars uh, yet. Uh, And uh, mistake number seven. Uh, Ian nailed this one, is inhaling the cigar smoke. You should never, never inhale when you're smoking a cigar. They're not cigarettes. The tobacco is generally much stronger. Instead, merely take a puff, let it sit in your mouth for a few seconds while you taste it, then simply blow it out. Puff and rotate your cigar every 30 seconds to a minute, he says, and enjoy it with a... I love this. This is the final line in in the whole list. And enjoy it with a strong alcoholic beverage. Nice. So let's do that right now. We have tequila. Oh. Yes, <laughs> So I'd also like to point out while I'm popping this open. Yes. I'd also like to point out biting the end of your cigar. Yes, that really just kind of nice. kills the cigar a little yes, bit. Yes, it does. Biting the end of your cigar is not a good idea. That's bad for the I construction. I have a couple of friends that enjoy actually just chewing on cigars. Yeah. Not necessarily smoking them, but just kind of uh, biting the end and then not even lighting it up. 
Drew Estate makes these little cigarellos called C Notes. Oh, they nice. have kind of a little little flavored end on them. Mm-hmm. Want a little more than that. Sure. <laughs> I know you're looking at that tequila. Going, That's not enough tequila. <laughs> I'm digging me some hey, tequila. You take that one, I'll take this one. Uh, now this I've never <clears throat> tried this tequila. This is definitely a. Uh, a f- sort this of a first-time taste This is here. the fine stampede. Mm-hmm. The fine Maybe. stampede. That's, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't speak Spanish. But. I thought it was, I, I stamp my feet really well. That's what I thought it meant. But uh, Could be. But the uh, horse, <laughs> maybe it's an agave stampede or a horse's- um, Oh, it could be. Uh, uh, stampeding across agave plants, which is probably pretty painful, actually. Well, this is the uh, the spirit for the show today, the Fina Estampa. It is an Añejo. They did have oh, smells good. a Blanco and a Reposado and an Añejo. I got us the Añejo to try, and here we go. Not much to tell from the uh, bottle in terms of the tequila itself. Ooh, it's tequila and peppery and really? super smooth. Hmm. Now, wow. when you say peppery, I don't think smooth, but I think more bite. No, no, it's it's peppery. Mm. It's very peppery and very smooth, oddly enough. And the well, heat, you're right. And it's the heat will come back be, in a minute, yeah. It's weird that it can be both of those things. But you're right, it goes down and then the heat kind of yeah, there, yeah, it's in, floats it back a bit, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's it, really actually quite good. In a and nice a way. A different sensation from some of the other mm-hmm. tequilas that we have tried on the show. This has got a little bit of hidden complexity to it as well. I would say in the aftertaste is where I'm getting the complexity. In know? the retrohale. The retrohale. That's when you breathe out of your you, nose to you taste that? something. I have no idea. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm making it up. I don't know. I think uh, actually retrohale is a real thing. But um, uh, but this is uh, this is pretty good. Yes, I'm, you know, I'm digging be. this. Yeah. So I'm curious what what price point that comes. At. I want to say this is about just just under forty dollars. Then that's that's a pretty good yeah. tequila. Right it's a pretty there. good tequila. Although you can certainly spend sixty or seventy or even more on an añejo or an extra añejo. Right. But most brands, I would say their añejo prices out between like. Thirty-eight and forty-eight dollars. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. is probably um, at least where I'm used to shopping. It there's, could be different because of taxes and even stuff. Even though this is an añejo, that there's a little youngness to the aftertaste. I too. agree, and and it's not on the it's not on the beginning. It's not nope. it's not up front. It's not it's, up front. It's, 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 it's one of those things done. that happens after the heat comes in, and mm-hmm. you just kind of have a little bit left on your tongue because there's a little uh, a little oiliness to the consistency in a good way too. It just lingers. It's nice. This is this is a good sipping. You definitely can tell. Product. It's funny on the front. Um, it doesn't even necessarily give away that it's tequila. It could be a number of spirits, but on the finish, right. that agave comes roaring back. Mm-hmm. Yes, the agave is obvious, very, very mm-hmm. obvious right there. So this is. Uh, but I will say, yeah, early on, you don't pick up that tequila taste. It's not until yep. after after the burn. That's pretty good. I got to say, that's good. I could, I could see. Yeah, I had this image as we were sampling this. This is the tequila that you and I could sit around like all evening one evening and like the stories would get better and better the emptier the bottle got. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right. The fish that's, would get bigger, so to speak. That's absolutely true, yes. I think uh but I think everybody kinda knows what I'm talking about. This is this is the kind of tequila that I'm guessing isn't just one that if you keep multiple tequilas, which I do, um, that you put in the you know, in the bar and Occasionally you have this one, occasionally you have the other. This is one that you get out when a friend comes over. And you start pouring and you, you drink as much of that bottle as it is you stop when the safe done. for you to drink for the, uh, <laughs> for the evening. Yeah, no, I'm, that, that's how it strikes me, you know? 
it strikes me is that once you have this flavor, that's what you're staying with yeah. for the evening. You know? Yeah. I don't, yeah, and I, I don't know that that would blend well either. Make uh, blended drinks all that. No, well. it doesn't really have that feel to it, does it? You know, there's some, there are some uh, like premium tequilas, Pure Vida tequila comes mm-hmm. to mind that are delicious to sip like this, but they make amazing margaritas. Yeah, you the know? whole Milagro line yeah. is like that. Too. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's yeah. absolutely true. But this uh, this seems to want to be kind of its own entity and do its own thing. I would say this would be very good with cigars, though. Too, I would agree with that. I think I think this has got the right profile. To really bring the flavors out in something like yeah, especially who because knows, maybe most, an Ashton VHG. <laughs> I could try it with that. Yeah, most know? of the flavors are on the middle and back of this right. anyway. So. so, particularly when they have uh, when a tequila has this kind of a nice finish, it's a nice companion for a cigar. So, all right, uh, we're smoking and toasting. Uh, we will be back. We have another um, we have another tasting to do, and it is the Goose Island 2016. Bourbon County brand barley wine. Woohoo! That is coming up. Plus, another of the five craft beers we must try. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, the radio program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and uh, hand rolled cigars. Or maybe machine-made cigars in one particular case for a future episode, because I think that I think that really would be fun to go but through. Yeah, why know? not? Yeah, uh, the number of American breweries has finally uh, topped the fifty-three hundred mark. Uh, it was just over five thousand last year, and uh, this year, craft beer makers are comp- uh, accounting for. Uh, 5,234, and the total number of breweries is 5,301. So wow. we have uh, we have now, that was as of the date of this article, which is March 30th. So in, in case any have opened since uh, March 30th, which is certainly possible. Well, at the, the, way at they're the going, growing you know? rate, mm-hmm. it's probably, you know, yeah. and seven now. Yep. Last five, uh, last year, uh, just five years ago is what I'm trying to say, uh, there were only about uh, 2,000 U.S. craft brewers. Uh, and the Brewers Association defines uh, smaller independent beer makers as craft brewers. Last year alone, more than 800 opened for business. Now, um, the small and independent brewers, um, they've also lost some members from their rank because there were very successful uh, craft breweries that have been acquired by the large beer companies. We've talked about Carbock, Ballast Point, Elysian, Devil's Backbone. Uh, all those have been acquired by uh, the big uh, the big uh, beer companies in the last year or so, and some of them, like Goose Island, have been owned for a while mm-hmm. by uh, by some of the major ones. So, speaking of Goose Island, uh, Ian, I got this beer for you. I really did. I, I'm hoping I enjoy it, but I really got it because I thought you would absolutely dig it. It's a very limited release from our friends at Goose Island in Chicago. And it is a barley wine, and it's uh, a, read, read me exactly what the title is. It's a really, it's a very understated bottle, so the title is not emblazoned on it. Uh, so uh, it says um, Goose Island, Bourbon County, since 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, barley wine, ale aged in bourbon barrels, 2016. That's handwritten in there. Mm-hmm. Um, English style barley wine, Chicago made English style. Chicago made English style. So, so now you know a lot more about barley wine than I do. Does English style mean something? There's to you? an American style barley wine as mm-hmm. well. That's a lot more hop front. I know there's that. like American IPA, for example, versus right, uh, right, like right. a British IPA. So there's, yeah, so. there's there's a few different ones. Um, 
And this one, I, I like the I like the packaging on this. Very classy. It has mm-hmm. a little tab on it. it says the originator Goose Island, the originators of bourbon barrel aging. Mm-hmm. And then on the back, oak charcoal mints of yep mints of tobacco and vanilla with signature bourbon character. Interesting. So uh, well, also says, and I like this. I like that they added this in. It says develops in the bottle up to five years because a lot of people don't know um, you can store beer and you can uh age it mm-hmm. in the bottle and it will age and develop flavor in the bottle different kinds of beers uh take different times some beers should be drank fr- uh, should be drank fresh like mm-hmm. ipas are a fresh beer you want them fresh you, know, yes. you want that fresh because they will like some of the bigger ipas will just turn into pilsner vinegar the or you want it you want it, right. Right. you want it fresh yep. yeah mm-hmm. you'll start tasting like you know years later it'll just taste like soy sauce or something mm-hmm. like that so this one uh but barley wines and, and basically more um uh more malty ales generally speaking will age better they'll age more like a wine will age right right yeah. so and, but there's also a year cutoff too like uh so after so many years they just don't age more or they go downhill well, I was in uh, Specs. The Goose Island people were there doing a uh, a little demo station. So I stopped and gave them a really hard time because my favorite Goose Island beer, I loved. They have a three one two wheat ale, which I'm okay with, but I'm, it's not my favorite. Uh, but they had a three one two pale ale. Three one two is the Chicago uh, area code. That's where that number right, comes right. from. Um, so they had a pale ale, and I loved it. I used to buy it. I would drive my local uh, store crazy because they would always be out of it, and I would go, "When are you getting more three one two? And then it disappeared and was replaced by uh, the Green Line Pale Ale from um, from these guys. So I had asked somebody about it before, and they said, "Oh, you can now only get the three one two. Uh, pale ale in Chicago, yeah, and you can only get the uh, Green Line everywhere else. So I asked them about this again yesterday because that's one of my tactics. Whenever a company doesn't do something I want, I just keep asking them over and over. <laughs> hey, how come you guys did blah blah? And uh, so, long story short, they said no. Actually, that's not true. They don't make it just in Chicago. They don't make it anymore. It has been in their line. Replaced by the three one two. I'm sorry, by the uh, green line, by which the green line, they yeah. then tried to tell me was the same thing, and I go, no, it's not. No, it's and they're like, you're right, it's not. <laughs> so, it's so the same. I'm no. having this. I'm right. giving them a really hard time about this. I'm like, bring it back, like a seasonal, whatever. And they're, I, I can tell they're going, who is this guy? Why is he bugging us about this? <laughs> so then I actually felt guilty and felt like I needed to buy one of the barley wines from their display. And I thought, well, Ian will love this anyway. So Absolutely, I'll bring it on the show. And and especially English style barley. That's wines. why. We have so here we go. All right. Uh-huh. That's uh, got a nice fat sound to it. Oh my gosh, mm. smells wonderful. Now that's what you said when we opened up the Vin Diesel barley wine. You yes. immediately loved the smell. So yes. So we Vin have Diesel. had on the show a couple of barley wines. We've that had uh, we didn't like. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So. We have. Or or a couple that just weren't good as good as the other. <laughs> right. The Vin Diesel though you liked. Yeah, that was that was really yeah good. yeah. So this is. Uh, that was so good, mm. I almost cussed when I said that was good. This is going to be interesting. I'm is just it? smelling the uh, the aroma now. What's your take? Uh, vanilla, date. B- banana. Banana. Yeah. Uh, there's raisin, lots of raisin. Mm. Which, those, those are, I guess, yeah, those the are normal very, barley very wine normal, right? uh, uh, flavors that, to expect to smell. So take that first sip and tell me what you think. It's delicious. Now, you... Are a barley wine guy, so how does this hit you? 
I mean, in general, you're going to like most barley wines the way I'm going to like most IPAs. So, give me give me a range on this. Like, is this? Would you say this is one of the better ones? This is definitely is this... one of the better ones. The, yeah. um, the flavor is so malty. It's it's sweet. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a very sweet beer. A lot of people are turned off by how sweet a barley wine can be, um, which I think may have led to the development of the American style barley wine, <laughs> which is less sweet and more hoppy. But um, it's a very sweet beer. Um, it's uh, it's kind of like maybe like. Almost like a cognac of beers or something like that. It does you know? have a little of that like, but vibe to it. It yes. has. It has a little bit of that flavor. But it's, it's a very. Uh, it's all the darker, warmer flavors in beer that you'd expect. So there's tons of malt. There's tons think, of yeah. The like like we said earlier, the raisin and the date, and the, there's so many different things going on. And it's not a lot of carbonation either. I and I think this beer is a good um, time for me to talk about my big argument that. I can't quite go along with the craft beer aficionados who say that once a brewery has been acquired by one of the majors, that they just write it off completely, like what just happened with Carbach, for example. Because uh, Goose Island's been owned by one of the majors for several years, and yet somebody there had the creative freedom to make this. And I don't want to miss beers like this because I've written that because you want to be snobby off and right. want to be snobby. That's right. right. Now I that said, I would rather give my money to the little guys. Mm-hmm. I admit that totally. Like if I'm gonna, you know, really support somebody, I'm, I want to support the the St. Arnold's of but, the world, but the also, real independent guys. But, as with any industry, you're yeah. not going to support beer that you don't like. Well, that's correct. You know, yes. so if the little guy is making a beer that's not as good as the big guy, then you're going to buy the big guy's beer. But at the same time, there's so many little guys making so much good beer. One of the things I enjoy so much about this show and about what we do is that there are now so many different things to try. When I was in the tequila aisle at Specs buying this uh, uh, Fina Estampa, I was just marveling at how many tequilas there are. And I think of myself as a tequila lover, and I have tried maybe maybe one you know three percent of all these tequila. There's so much great stuff, and it's that way with craft beer. So now. we're 35 shows into this, and one yeah. thing I'm noticing from doing this is mm-hmm. um, I've gone through a lot of the cigars in my humidor as far as uh, things that I normally smoke. Things that I want. I mean, every week I have to come up with something with something different. Yes, different. <laughs> well, I think it would be okay for us to go back and. And review something we reviewed a long well, time ago. Absolutely, right? but at the same time, think about think about this. Like uh, most people in their humidor have, you know, six, maybe seven different cigars, mm-hmm. uh, kinds of cigars, maybe a few others. Some people have like up to twenty cigars in their humidor. Yes. Now, now I'm a little extreme. You know, I have a bunch of cigars in my humidor, <laughs> um, <laughs> and you have. More than one humidor. <laughs> I do. I have four. <laughs> right? I have four. So, now, now, three of them are fairly small. I will say All that, that being said, though, uh, consider this thought. 35 different cigars between two people right. every week. Right. Like, well, that's so it's a 35 lot of, times two, yeah. And look at how much choices we have. And then same thing with the craft beer. We do three beers Usually a week. Usually three beers, although there's been a few shows we did more. Times 35... Yes. And we haven't doubled up anything yet. That's crazy. And what, what really is crazy is there's so much more to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when I was uh, bringing, getting the beers for this show, I was like, even this barley wine, I was like, okay, do I want to do this? Because I also wanted to bring in that. That looks interesting. It, it's a, I know. 
And you sent it's out impossible. an email earlier. I said, hey, I can bring the beers if you want. And you're like, no, I, I like, already no, brought well, beers. I knew I brought this one for you. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, I couldn't couldn't let it go. Glad for this. Um, so, uh, so you're right. It is a part of what I feel like this show is about, which is us getting a chance to get in there, try as much as we can, so we can at least, you know, you may agree or disagree with what we, but at least you've heard something about it if we've tried it and told you about it. And you go, okay, based on that, I can make my own decision as to whether I think that's something I want to spend, you know, 12 bucks for a, uh, uh, for, you know, 10 bucks for a six pack, or in the case of this Goose Island, you know, 13, 14 bucks for the one bottle, because that's how that's priced. So, and it is, by the way, an expensive uh, beer, but I would say it's well worth it. That I'm, one's I'm definitely worth this. it, yes. I'm enjoying this very, very much. It. Well, this has been a fun show. On next week's program, uh, Mr. Matthias Horseman will join us. He is the brand ambassador for Hendrix Gin, and he's bringing with him, Ian, the one-touch gin and tonic baking machine. I'll tell you, it has to go next to my Jaeger machine. I love Under this. the disco ball. Don't you just love technology? Technology is so wonderful. I'm glad we live in these times. Have a great week, my friends. Have a uh, wonderful week and cheers. Cheers to you, sir. Radio from Pirates. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Ra- Ra- Radio Brave.